Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Back up. Okay. So ever since I thought that I was a mom, I always wanted to read my kids' bedtime stories. Like I saw other moms do that and thought, what an awesome mom. Like every single night you read your kids' bedtime stories. And so I said I was going to be that mom. And we got all the books we did for the baby shower. Instead of bringing a card, bring a book. And so you could fill their little library. And we got their little library set up and put all the books in there. And everyone wrote on the inside of them. And we loved it. And we read a lot of books, but we didn't read every single night. And then when I started working a lot and was really focused on hustle, 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 I did a lot of my working at night. And I was like, you know what? Like, we can't read a bedtime story. It's time for bed. I have to get on a call. I have something to do. And I got away from that. And I beat myself up so bad internally of, I don't tuck my kids in. I'm not reading to them. I, I just, and I did sometimes, but I didn't every single night. And I just remember the guilt I felt for that for so long and the shame of, and then I'm like, like, one day I was like, okay, are you serious? Like, look at all the other things that you do. Like you're home all day. You drive your kids to school. You make them lunch. You, you pray over them. You like, I started like listing all these things and I'm like, okay, so maybe I don't read to them every single night. That doesn't mean I'm a bad mom, but that shame and guilt was like a shackle around my ankle pulling me down that no matter what was happening around me, no matter what joy could be found, I wasn't finding it because I was focused on the darkness. And that is the majority of people in this world. And it happens to me all the time where I'll start realizing that I'm starting to think this way again. And I have to like bump myself back over like, okay, hold on a second. No, no, no. Like, let me, let's get back on the straight path. And the thing for me that makes me drift off the path without even realizing it, not only just with my, as my pastor says, stinking thinking, but with my, like with everything, like getting like really negative and critical of other people too, judgmental, um, start needing the approval of other people, my pride, you know, I like know I need to apologize to my husband, but I just can't. I just can't say the words. Like, I just know that I'm in the wrong or I'm acting crazy. And I'm like, okay, I need to stop. Like you just, your, your pride and your anger and maybe you're a little snappier and impatient. Your bad mood starts to creep in and you're more irritated with your kids. And that's when you definitely don't want to read a bedtime story. You're like, can you just read the story to your sister, please? Like someone just read the story. I can't do it right now. You know, and it's like, it's this buildup. And then all of a sudden I realized, okay, hang on a second. What's going on here? The thing that makes me veer off track is not being around my people and surrounding myself with the people who I want to be like. Uh, and this, is, this isn't people 
in my personal space either. I don't, I've done a really good job with getting all the people around me in my life. They're pretty positive people. They're pretty good people to be around, but pretty good isn't enough because being pretty good and, um, you know, I'm talking like pretty good with their attitude, pretty good with their mindset, pretty good out in the world isn't really good at all. And if you've been an entrepreneur or you've been like in that space where you've kind of ventured out of corporate America and you've gotten to see like a little bit of what's out there, um, there's a whole like group of people that really believe that they can have the best life that they can ever have, that they are 100% in control of their mindset that they are positive thinkers, they are journaling, they're setting goals, they're, they're living in this like higher version of themselves where this person too also usually works out or does some sort of like physical activity. Um, they eat healthy, they take care of their health, their finances are probably pretty good. They're, they're pretty responsible when it comes to managing finances. Their relationships are good. Uh, they're not perfect. You know, none of this has to be perfect, but everything is, is pretty good. You're up here. You're elevating all your, your relationships with your family, with your friends. Um, all these things are kind of up here. And this is when you're living in your higher self. This is when you are being and focusing on the person that God created you to be. He wants you focusing on, okay, today is a new day. What is on my plate today? I always pray that God helps me to steward what I have well today. Like, thank you for giving me another day to steward this life and, and help me do this the right way. Help me spend time with my family and be totally present and pour into people you need me to and love my body, love myself. This is who we're called to be on a day-to-day -day basis. So if the devil can get you all stressed out and, and worked up and worried and overwhelmed and fear and all of this, you're, you're totally not living in your higher self. You're living in this scarcity mindset. You're missing opportunities that are coming your way because you're in a bad mood or you don't feel like talking to that person or you ignore that call or you haven't been showing up online how you want to. You, you as Florence Scovel Shin says, she's my favorite author. She was a prophet who died in the early 1900s. She has four published books that I highly recommend everybody read. Um, Florence is one of my five people that I spend the most time with. <laughs> she is in my speaker in my house all the time. And especially if I found myself off the path and now I'm in the, the picker bushes and I'm trying to get out, Florence is one of my go-tos that I listen to her because she speaks truth about the Bible and scriptures about how we need to get back to thinking and how we need to focus on the, the higher self in the way that God wants us to live instead of focusing on this less than lifestyle. But there's this whole group of people out there that have figured this out, that have, they have lived this. They've walked in this long enough and they've lived this. And, and it's amazing because I never knew that people like that even existed because I'm from a super small town in Michigan we have like farmers all around us and everyone here pretty much has always been here. Nobody really leaves. Nobody really comes. Like it's just a super small town. We have like a couple, um, Florence Scoville Shin. I typed it in, I'm typing it in the chat. Florence 
Scoville Shin, if anyone missed um, <clears throat> the author of that book. She, fun fact about Florence real quick, she never published, uh, wrote any of her books. After she died, her students and people in her life were going through her stuff and they turned her teachings and her notebooks and um, all that. They turned it into four different books, which I just think is even cooler. Like you're that amazing that people write the book for you once you die. <laughs> like that's so cool. So um, anyway, I lost my train of thought. Um, you were talking about small town. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, thank you. thank you, thank <laughs> you. So especially in my town, are any of you guys from a small town like that? Where it's, Kind of, like okay. kind of, not as small probably as that, but kind of, yeah. Yeah, but you you know, like going into the stores that you'll probably see people you know, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty small. Not anymore, I don't live there, but I grew up that way. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's really not a lot of people like that around here. Like the people around my town are just like, be happy that you have a job and at least they give you benefits. Like you should stay there until you die type of thing. And it's just kind of live this like mediocre, like don't take too big of risks. Um, just, you know, kind of get through your day and just have mediocre relationships, mediocre marriage, mediocre finances. Like, well, at least we're making what the average person in the United States makes a year, like this type of mentality. And a lot of that is just who you were raised by. I, I really see more than ever, if your parents had that mindset, the chance of you having that mindset is a lot greater until you experience the other side. And then you'll wake up and start to see that there's this whole other life to live. Um, it was really refreshing when I found out that there were other people like this because I was all alone in my little town and I was, I was the odd one, like hanging out with my friends. They all would be complaining about their marriages. They all would be complaining about their health, about not having any money as they're drinking and getting drunk. And, you know, it's like, hello, like you're literally caused, like, what are you complaining about? You're causing your own pain and people just didn't see it. They couldn't wake up. And I didn't even find like, I could relate to anybody because I had kids. They didn't, I wanted to talk about God and, and think of everything he's done all the time. And they didn't at all. And I wanted to talk about health and the new supplements I was taking and the new workout class. And they absolutely were not doing that. You know, they're like, why don't you just go to dollar general and get the buy one, get one free. Like, you know, it's like, okay, hold on a second. Like we just had nothing in common and I felt so alone. And that's why I started an online community because I realized that if I'm alone, there are other people who are also alone in their little town, or maybe you're in a big town, but your job or your life or something requires you to be home a lot and you can't go out or like Caitlin traveling all the time and going to a different state and a different city. And you can't build the community where you're at because you're always on the, on the move. And to me, I realized that you have to be spending time with the right people in order to elevate you in order to keep you in the right mindset. I haven't been in the last week I've been traveling and we've been out of town and I haven't, we haven't been carrying on the calls I, I think I posted like two times on Instagram and in a week and didn't spend any time on the platform, just thought like, oh shoot, I should probably post something. And so I just put a post up and got off. Like I 
I didn't see any positive things. I wasn't around any people who were like-minded to me, focusing on what I focus on. And they, it, it got me like it got me. It, it sucked me in. I couldn't withstand it on my own and I didn't realize what was going on. So I couldn't pray and ask God we're never alone and we're always strong enough. But if we don't ask God to help us and we don't realize, Hey, I need some help over here. Lift me up, help set me apart, help radiate my love for you and be an impact. You know, it's a different mindset being in the battlefield versus being at training. Well, you know, when you're in training, it's a lot different of a mindset than when you are like at in the battle. There's things that you do in the battle that you would never do in training because it's life or death. You have to make a decision. You have to do something. And when I'm going out into the battlefield, into the world, into, I have no idea what I'm going to get. Like, I'm not going to something to better myself. So I'm not like going to church. I'm not going to a convention or a conference, or I'm not going to do something where I know is going to make me better. I'm going out and exposing myself and going out into the world. Like, on a vacation, on a trip, like when you're not by your resources, you're not in the safety of your home. You're not going to wake up and do your devotional and your study every single day because you're in Mexico or you're on a family trip or something like you, you have to pray yourself up, like equip me, give me what I need, help me to be a light so that the world can see you through me. They can see your love. Give me patience. Help me to see I have to pray all the time for this, like literally all the time, because I am naturally not a people person. And I used to joke and say, I couldn't believe that I was in network marketing because I hated people. And it's like, they kind of go together. Uh, but I have to pray every day, all day for, for God to help me see his people through the eyes of him. And I swear when I pray that I see people different. And I know that I do because I'll be with my husband and my family and we're in the car and driving to dinner or something. And the things that annoy him with people, I am like, just relax. Like maybe they're having a bad day or, you know, they cut him off. He's like, don't they know that the lane goes down to two lanes? I'm like, maybe they don't, maybe they don't live here. Maybe they're on vacation. Maybe, they, you know, I always, and I'm like, you know, that's the most annoying person to be around when you're like in that bad mood and you just want to vet and you have this person that's like, you know, who knows? Be grateful. Look at the sunset. Like, you're like, shut up. Like this person needs to drive faster. I'm in a hurry. Come on. Like, you know, it's, it's so annoying to be around that person. So I try to just, usually he'll just look at me and I'll just start laughing and I'll be like, okay, I'm sorry. I won't say anything. Like have your moment, you know, let's move on. Um, but when I'm having a moment, he better dare not say a word because you know, this person's driving me crazy or the woman in the Starbucks line or you know, we, we have these, these tendencies about us and they're not good. They're fleshly tendencies. God says we all have them. And if we can remember to pray and ask for help before we get there, he will help us. But I forget, no, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've traveled, how many times I've left my house into the world. And I still forget that this is going to happen to me, that I'm going to go out there and then I'm going to start just kind of like changing the way I think and start being more pessimistic and more irritated and just kind of in my brain, like, like not really wanting to do anything, like thinking like, 
do I really want to write this book? I mean, like I'm writing a book. Are you serious? Like, okay. I like you failed English. Like you think you're going to write a book, you know, like just in the background, I feel like I have this really quiet, soft spoken, negative ego in my mind. That's just whispering things to me over and over. Like, you know, that's, it's not going to, and it's so quiet and it's like so subtle that you don't even hear it at all because there's noise and there's other thoughts and there's other people talking and it's, it's loud in the room. Just like if you were at a party and you recorded your voice really quietly and you were like, you suck, you're never going to do anything with your life. Like, you know, you recorded it so quiet on this recorder and you played it in the party and it's like, the, the, it's a Super Bowl party. And the game's on and people are cheering and, you know, they're talking. You would never hear that noise happening because of everything else that's happening in your mind. That is what's happening with us. And um, unless you are totally intentional and focused on this, like if you walk into the party and you turn down all the TVs and you listen and you're like, okay, no sound. All right, we're good. And turn everything back up. You have to be so intentional of is this tape recorder whispering in the back of my mind? Is this happening back here? Because, because it can. And so for me, the five people that I'm with all the time are going to turn me into this person who I need to be. And we all know that. I'm sure we've all heard that. Like you are the average of the five people you spend your most time with. Like we've all heard that. And it's like the first thing you hear when you try to change your life is who are you with? You know, who are you? We teach our kids that like, no, you're not hanging out with her from down the road. Like, we're not doing that. We're not going, you're not staying the night at Sarah's house. No, you're not doing that. Like, we know that, but why don't we do it for ourselves? You know, we hang on to these toxic relationships or bad relationships or, or bad family members. That's a big one. Like, well, how do I, you know, how do I do that? She's my mom. You can set healthy boundaries with your mom. You can set healthy boundaries with your daughter or with your grandchild or with your neighbor to get the toxicity out of your life, to not let them cross into your comfort zone. That's what a boundary is. It's like, this is where you end. This is where I begin. You do not get to come through here and your energy changes me and gets to me. You don't get to say a comment or manipulate or go there where it changes my inner self over here. And it's really hard to do that. There is a book that's called Boundaries, and it's a great one to start with to learn how to set boundaries. There is lots of good examples in the book about specific examples of boundaries. And you'll realize that once you can set healthy boundaries, your life will be totally different in like the best way possible. But it doesn't matter if it's your best friend or it's your sister. A toxic relationship is a toxic relationship. Now, some of them you might not be able to get out of. Like my friend is going through a really nasty divorce right now and she has kids. So she can't, you know, she can't get out of the toxic relationship because she still has kids with him. So she needs to figure out a way, but she can set boundaries. She can, there's still things that she can do. We all have things that we can do, but we have to have the boundary in place. I feel like for protection and praying that God uses us because I think that it's really amazing to think of that God could be sending you on an assignment today or this week or this month because he knows that you're the girl for the job. And that's, 
that's really exciting. Like if you're going on a trip or you're like Caitlin, you're driving. So are you going to a new job location or are you just kind of driving to work? I, I actually just finished an assignment. So I'm heading home. Um, oh yeah. So I'm heading back home from the beach. Yeah. And then, um, going to DC tomorrow for my sister's graduation and then going on to the next one at some point once I find the next one so is your husband home right now he's not but he actually comes home on Saturday from Samoa so I am so excited how long has it been since you guys have seen each other um by the time he comes back it'll be just over a month since we've been together so and uh one of the girls that I worked with at this last assignment and I were talking about it and I added it up so we got married for those that don't know we got married in December so we've been married for like five months and if you add up all the time that we've been together since we've gotten married it equals out to maybe a month and a half maybe two months out of the last five so oh my gosh (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited that he's going to be home though Saturday. I know. So he actually, my sister, I'm taking my sister out to DC as a graduation present for her. She just graduated high school. And so he actually gets in before we get back. So I'll get to like come home from the strip with my sister and he will be home. And like, we get to go to church on Sunday. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Don't act like church is the only thing you're going to (laughs) do. I mean, no, but <laughs> no, I work all the, like, I've worked every weekend this past month, and so I can normally watch church on, um, online, but because I've worked every single Sunday this month, like, I've missed being able to get on live and watch our, like, our home church, so I'm really excited to, the first time we're the first time I get to go back is actually like in person with him. So that's a big deal for us. Like that was the, one of the first things we wanted to do after we got married was we got married Friday. We wanted to go to church that Sunday. So. Oh, I love that. You're so cute. So my point is proven here that how cool, like, and I love that you call them assignments too. I didn't even realize that. So um, for those of you who don't know, Caitlin is a traveling nurse. Is that your title? Like, is that what you say? Yeah, I'm an ER travel nurse. Okay, so she's an ER travel nurse. That is so cool. And so she travels all over the place. How cool that you're literally going on these little assignments that God is sending you to that you don't get to pick. You don't get to say, this is where I'm going to apply. This is where I'm going to go. They just say, this is where you're going next. It's proof that you are being sent on assignments and God needs you to show up in different locations. Because I'll tell you right now, God moving you all around to these different assignments probably has more to do with the friends you're making and the people that you're impacting in your coworker relationships than in the patients. And yes, of course, you're an ER travel nurse. They need you in the ER. You know, you have a job to do when you're there. But what he's calling you to do and bringing you to do, your personality and what you can bring and what you can impact people with that's like going out into the battlefield saying, Lord, use me, like put me in someone's path who needs my personality, who needs me and my encouragement. 
I wish that you could see that you're giving me chills right now. So I don't know who else in the ch chat normally um, or who saw it, but uh, about a week ago, maybe I had messaged like that I needed prayers for a friend of mine, Sarah. So Sarah and I met on my, not this travel assignment, but my last one. I was down in South Carolina at a level one trauma center and like the bonds you make in the ER are just really different. So like this is something I was on in an urgent care and it's just not, it's, you don't create those same bonds because you're not seeing the same things. Like it's different to be coding a patient for an hour and a half with somebody versus sewing someone up for a sub toe or like a small laceration. Like it's, it's just, it's a different bond, but, um, Sarah is also a travel nurse. We met in South Carolina. She's from Mississippi. And uh, she just started a new assignment. She had gone to New Mexico. She just started a new assignment in Kentucky. And she had a really bad pediatric case. Um, and, and it just, it was not a good situation and she has a small son and like she was just not in a good place but because we became so close in South Carolina like I was the person that she messaged at four in the morning when she got home off of work and she's like I need to talk to you like I don't know who else to talk to about this like I just had to code this pediatric patient like and she didn't make it and like what's this world coming to and like all this stuff and I was like the fact that one, I was getting up for work when she was getting off and like able to be up and talk to her about it and sort of talk her through it, but also to just sit there and pray with her about it, like, and reach out to others that can do that. Like, it's so cool that even this far away from each other, we're still connected like that. Yeah. Like God had purpose in that connection and bringing you two together because he knew that you were going to be the right person for her. And, you know, maybe there's many things to come and, um, that you, we don't have to be ER travel nurses to be sent on an assignment. Like me going to Virginia this past week to visit my new niece, my husband's brother had a baby about a month ago and we were going there to visit and I was, I, I just kind of, it like hit me where I was like, God has sent my family into his brother's home and into his girlfriend's home to minister and to love and to teach. And, and I just, it kind I like kind of just realized like I've lived so much more life than, um, his girlfriend who's young and just had this baby and just seeing a lot of my old self in her being, you know, just so young and getting pregnant and being like, what am I going to do now? And then trying to like work out a relationship and see if things are going to work through. Like it's, it was just like this moment of like, I can be used here. I can help her. I can help them. I, I have, I have advice. I have wisdom. I have prayer. They can see us pray before every meal. They can, we're like, Hey, do you go to church? Can we go to a church on Sunday? Like even things like that. I'm like, how amazing that God was like, I need someone to influence their life. Oh, I, I'll send them. I'll send them to go down there. And, and then, but if, but here's how Satan tricks us, because if he can get us 
irritated, in bad moods, bickering with each other, being pessimists. This isn't going to work complaining about everything. It's so easy to complain, especially when you're traveling with six kids. You know, it's hot in here. The plane needs to get going. There's no room. This is why we should have did this flight. And there's no TV. And there's, you know, like just anything that you can complain about, you can like complaining that the Starbucks closed at six and at 6.05. And now what are we going to do? And we're hungry. And where are we going to eat? And it's so easy to start complaining. If we can be focused over here and distracted, another way that Satan distracts us, we're not showing up. Our bodies are physically showing up for the mission but our minds aren't. So Caitlin, it's like you walking into the ER and there's a trauma and they're like, Caitlin, we need you. And you're like facing the corner with your headphones in and you're like, just listening to music. Like you're physically in the room. You were there, you showed up for work, but you didn't show up for work. And I have physically been a work from home mom for the last, um, actually it's June, it's June now, it'll be eight years. it'll be eight years middle of this month eight years I've been home but I haven't really been home and my kids can tell you that like I was I quit my job when my daughter was six months old and there there was a lot of parts that I don't even remember that I'm like I don't even remember that happening I don't remember it because for 12 hours a day I would sit inside this office working stressing freaking out hustling plotting, planning, scheming, like I need more. I need to find something And it. All was because I was trying to reach freedom and success and fulfillment. That's why we all work. That's why we're, that's why most of us are hustlers and we show up and we're driven. Like we want to be fulfilled. We want to be free. We want to have purpose. We want to have that feeling. And we think that it's going to come with how the world says it's going to come. Like the world's like, Oh, I got you here. This is what you have to do. It comes from success. It comes from a lot of money. If you have a lot of money, then you're going to be fulfilled and you're going to be free and you're going to feel like you have purpose, but it doesn't come from money. And if you think it does, you'll work and work and work. Like no one could have told me I'm so stubborn. I I had to figure it out myself that I had to get a lot of money to then realize, wait a second, this was supposed to feel a lot better than it feels right now. This was supposed to like, haven't I arrived? Like I never felt like I arrived. I never felt like it was good enough because when I was making $2,000 a month, I thought if I could just make $4,000 a month, $4,000, that would be, whoa, that'd be great. We could like pay all of our bills. We could put a little bit of money in savings and then we made it. And I'm like, if we could just make, if we could just make 6,000, then we could have some extra money to put away for vacation. We get a little more for savings. We can upgrade our lifestyle a little bit. And then we made it. If I could just make 10,000, if I could just make 20,000, I remember looking at my husband being like, we're about to make $20,000. Like we're going to make $20,000 next month. A check is going to come in for 20. What are we going to do? And we started like, we'll put it here and we'll buy this and we'll do that. And we'll do that. And then the check came, we did everything we were going to with it. And I was like, I feel like we need to make like 30,000. Like if we have 30,000, do you know how much $30,000 a month is? Like, like what, like people make that in a year, like $30,000. And the feeling didn't come when the check for $32,000 came. 
it was okay. I have to be, and you know what? I never felt more successful at $32,000 a month than I did at $2,000 a month. I actually felt worse because I wasn't as high as the other people, because now you're in a different bracket. You're not comparing yourself to the majority of people. Now you're, you're comparing yourself to all the people that are making a million dollars a month and you're only making 32,000 and like, that's way lower than that. Yep. (laughs) That's where I was at. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it was like, I had this mentor who I thought was like Christian and I was excited that he was going to like, you know, help me. It was like, like probably my second year into making multiple six figures. And then he was like, and he didn't, I don't think he meant to do it, but he was like saying, you know, you, you should be seven figures. Like you have what it takes to be seven figures a year, you know, yada, yada. And then that like sent me spiraling into like, I should be seven figures. Why don't I make seven figures a year? I only make multiple six figures a year. Like, and it was just like, and, and that like caused a ripple effect of like, focusing on the wrong things, you know, like for a while, mm-hmm. long, a long while. Yeah. And it's, it's it like literally mind blowing is the only word I can think of it. How you said it caused this ripple effect and it lasts for so long. It's like, you're blinded. Like you don't, you really don't see what is happening. You don't see the truth. You don't like, you really think that it's something else. And it's so scary because yeah, it can last for so long that you're totally distracted and focused on the wrong area completely. And this isn't a like successful people who make a lot of money are the devil because my goal is to still make a million dollars. Like I have it written everywhere. Like I'm going to write on my computer right here. I have, uh, I have two, I I have like 20 affirmations, but two of them are around money. It says I will make $200,000 in one day. And the other one says a $50,000 month will happen by the end of this year. I'm still, I'm still a goal driven person. I still want more money because I want to use it to change the world. I want to use it to do something big. I want to have a $200,000 day because I published my book and that many people were connected to me that went out and bought it. Because if I can have a $200,000 day, that means that the impact I made that day was just astronomical. That's why I want a $200,000 day. I used to want a $200,000 day because that would make me feel successful. That would make me feel rich. That would make me feel fulfilled. It's money is amazing. It's the byproduct of changing the world. It's a byproduct of doing something big. And, and you can do something big and change the world without the money coming too. So I don't want anyone to think like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I should just live in below my means and not try so hard. And, you know, it's fine. I could just have a mediocre life because this, there is nowhere in the Bible that says that you can slack off. It says everywhere. Do not be a sluggard. Do not be lazy. Work six days and rest on the seventh day and find your calling and find your purpose and work and run the race. And it's a marathon and keep walking and keep going. And it's, it never says, oh, this will be so easy. And just, you know, garden all day and take naps and just don't do anything. You know, some days I do do that. (laughs) I'm like, I'm resetting I'm refocusing today. You know, it's a garden day. It's a nap day. And those days are important. But if you want to go and change the world, 
it starts with changing yourself. And we've heard that quote a million times, but it truly starts from inside of your body. What are you focusing on? What are you thinking about? What kind of energy do you have? What kind of mood are you in? Because if you're in a bad mood, if your energy is off, if you're critical, if you're in this whole, you know, valley mindset, you're not going to make an impact because you start with yourself and then you work from the closest to you outward. So if you want to change the world, you need to change the things about yourself that you know are toxic, that you know are bad. You know, think about that. Like, this is a real heart to heart because a lot of people cannot own up to their own crap, but we don't need people to call it out in us to know that we have an issue with something. Like for me, I have a control issue and it's really easy to have control issues if you're a mom, especially because you need to control your household. You know, you need people to do a certain thing at a certain time and you need everything to happen so that everything can flow and everything can go and you know what's best and you know what's going to set your kids off and you know what's going to you know help your morning be good or help bedtime be good and you have to control it. But there's a difference between controlling it and micromanaging something and trying to facilitate stuff. So I don't need my husband to tell me that I have control problems to know that I have control problems. I know that I have control problems, but what am I going to do with the control problems is the thing. So you might be a person where if anyone calls you out and tells you anything negative about yourself at all, that you immediately try to push them out of your life. Like, okay, I'm done with you. Like done wall goes up and you push them out. Like, I don't need to talk to you. I don't need friends like you. I don't need to be there. Or maybe your mom tries to call you out or your sister or something for what you're doing. Maybe you're like overspending and someone says something to you and you're immediately defensive. Like, nope, don't want to hear it. Or you are trying to get healthy and then you have someone calling you out on like the bad food choices you're making. Like my kids will be like, mom, I thought you were on a diet. It's like, I'm not on a diet. Like I didn't, I never said that. I never said I was on a diet. Like, and get out of my face. Like, don't tell me what I'm doing. Like mind your own business. Okay. I like, you know, like don't, don't come at me like that. I want to eat Taco Bell. I can do that. I'm an adult. Get away from me. You know? And it's like, you don't want to be called out on anything. So you might be that person that just puts up the wall and pushes someone out because you don't want to hear it anymore. Or maybe Maybe you have issues with your attitude or anger and you blow up, but then you never apologize for it. You never apologize to your husband. You never apologize to your kids. Like, Hey, I'm sorry that I lost it. I'm sorry that I swore at you. I'm sorry that I screamed and scared you, but, but I, we can't do that anymore. And I'm sorry. I'm going to work on me too. When's the last time you went and apologized for something that you did to your family? Therapy is the best thing that ever happened to me. The best thing literally at, well, obviously finding Jesus was the best thing that happened to me. The second best thing was finding Lori, my therapist and realizing these things, these triggers that I have, these, these things that send me on a spiral. So I went to therapy because I thought that there was something holding me back from getting to my next level of success. Like I knew I had some abandonment stuff with my, with my biological father. And so I'm like, if I could go to therapy and like get past this abandonment, like I really could grow into a new level of success. I can rank up. I can make more money. 
And by going to therapy, I realized that my whole life that I had created was just basically triggering me, like just triggering me so bad in my mental health and making me feel terrible. And I was running back to it. It's just like an alcoholic or a drug addict. I I don't even want to say alcoholic or drug addict, a drug user. Like if you smoke a little bit here and there, or if you have a glass of wine here and there, this can still apply to you too. But you have a stressful day and you're like, I just need a glass of wine or I just need to smoke. Okay, well, once you have a glass of wine or a couple glasses of wine, do you feel better in the moment? Heck yeah. You're like relaxed, like, oh, this is nice. Like, this is so relaxing. This is great. The next day, do you wake up and feel better? No, you don't. The problem that you were drinking from is still there. If you were stressed out from work and you came home and drank, well, unless you quit your job, you have to wake up and go back to work. So now what? Now the the problem is still there and now you're just going to drink again. And every time it just makes it worse, it doesn't make it any better. Not at all does it make it better. So for me, it was the same being a workaholic. I was working to numb the pain because I was so stressed out and overwhelmed because I was, I was, I needed success because I needed to be fulfilled and free. But what I was going to, to make me feel fulfilled and free wasn't actually fulfilling me and freeing me. It was shackling me down to the ground because what made me feel fulfilled and free was being present in the moment, was pouring into my kids, was spending time with my kids. I didn't even like my kids. Like, I will be bold enough to say that. I remember telling my mom, like, I don't even want to hang out with my kids. Is that bad? Like, I don't even, I would rather be working. I, they're annoying. Like my one son is just so negative all the time. He, my other son's manipulative and lies all the time. I'm like, why would I even want to be around them? You know, raising kids isn't easy and it's not always fun. And if you've had those thoughts about your kids, you're not alone because I recently opened up in a mom group and talked about that. And everyone was like, oh, thank God I'm not alone. Like, this is great. I can't stand my kids sometimes too. And I feel so guilty, but it's, it's, it's a normal feeling, especially if you're being triggered, working fulfills me. I had people in my inbox, like, you're so amazing. Thank you so much because of you, I have this and, and this is so great. And thank you. And thank you. And thank you. Nobody in my house was praising me like that. I was getting the fulfillment from the praises through approval of other people. That's not true freedom. That's not, that's not true fulfillment because when the praises stop, so does the fulfillment. When, if you're working to please people, when you stop pleasing them, that that's everything that you are. That's why you're showing up every day. So when the messages would slow down, maybe it was a holiday weekend and people weren't by their phones or it doesn't have to be, they hated me, but when it slowed down, I might, I would question my worth. Oh no. Why? Nobody has said this in a while. What's going on? Why am I not good enough? Do I, okay, I need to, I need this back. So I would start working again because the more I would work and the more I would coach people, the more results they would have and the better I would feel because then the praise is back. And that is not how it's supposed to be. I was holding the approval of other people and this on a pedestal, it was my idol. I was worshiping it. Worship is what do you spend your time doing and thinking about the most? I was worshiping materialism and money and, and success. I was thinking that was going to come from that. And it doesn't, it comes from Jesus. 
It comes from, from answering his calling. He's calling us. He's literally calling you into what you're doing next. He's leading you and guiding you like, okay, I want you on this assignment. I want you to call this person. I want you connected with this person. And Ashley, I knew that we were connected from the very beginning when we first connected. I connected with Ashley like so randomly through God. And when we were just brought together so randomly, you know, we've never worked together. We just were like brought together through social media and we felt it. We knew it. We were like, I'm not sure why. And I still don't know why, but I don't know why we're connected, but we are like, we, we felt the bond come together and we were talking and, you know, going back and forth. And we, we just knew that we were together for some reason. And like I said, I still don't know why, but we are. And a lot of us are connected that way. Because God is using other people and community to pull things out of you, to lead you, to guide you. He's calling you. And in order to do that, you need to be present. You need to be focused in the moment. You need to wake up with God. If you don't listen to your assignment being given to you, you're not going to know where to go. So when we get up and grab our phones and go on Instagram, immediately God's like, oh, Hello, like, I don't you want to know your orders for the day? Don't you want to know this? And, and we have to show up, we have to listen. And getting, getting up early, start with getting up 30 minutes earlier and pray that God wakes you up. That's a big one because I'm not a morning person. So I say, God, please wake me up in a really good mood and just be like wide awake. Help me to wake up and spend time with you. Give me the superpower strength to wake up early. Like just put it in me. And it does, it works. And I will wake up and I will be like, okay, just start 30 minutes a day. There's a episode I recorded um, a little while ago. It's episode 40. It's called time with God. So whatever platform you're listening to this right now, you can go back to it and go to episode 40. Or if you're on here live, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and you can grab it. I posted about it yesterday because I knew, I just have been thinking so much about when we drift off the path, we need to go back to our five people. God is one of my five people. Jesus is one of my five people. Um, Ashley, I saw in your comment about your group of you, of your friends that would think that Florence Scovel Shin is new age. Um, yeah. I, my mom actually was one of those people and I told her to read the book and she listened to like 10 minutes of it on audio. And she was like, yeah, you know, she never even says Jesus. And she had all these things. And I was like, okay, unless you're going to listen to all of her and really understand what it is, like you can have your beliefs. I don't care because her, everything she says is literally out of scripture and you can get the free PDFs online where, because she doesn't, she doesn't give the, um, the address of the scripture. Cause it's like all mashed together in the book. So, and since it's kind of written in like old, olden days, it's kind of hard to like get in the hang of listening to it. But if you go on the PDF version online of any of her books, you can print them out and you can see where all the addresses are, um, in the book right in there. And I just was like, you know what, if you think that she's new age, whatever, like that's on you, you can think that she's not. And she's actually not new age. She is around from a long time ago before the whole like new age thing was even a thing. 
Um, but she's just, she's so great. So she's another person. Lately, Priscilla Shire has been my other person that I've been around. I'm doing her defined study. Um, it's linked in my bio. If you click the link in my bio on Instagram and scroll to the bottom, I have a resources section. Her study is on there. You can get it on Amazon. Highly recommend doing it for yourself, but especially if you have daughters doing it with them. Uh, very, 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 very amazing. Everyone absolutely needs to do it. It is like, uh, um, yep. Priscilla Shire. It's S her last name is S H I R E R. Shire. She is one of my favorites. She has so many studies too. Um, so she's very good, but she's been a person I've been hanging out with. And then my mom's been someone that I've been hanging out with a lot and trying to get her in my ear and talking to her. She knows a lot more about the Bible than I do and scriptures. And so I just tried to call her more, be more available to talk to her, go to her house more. And it's important to have those people in your circle. Now, only one of them is physically in my circle. You can surround yourself with other people. If you surround yourself with these people, you will start to think like them. You will start to act like them. You will start to model and care about what they care about. And let me tell you, if you want to make an impact on your households, if you have children that are looking up to you, if you have a husband who you're trying to show God to or, or get him to strengthen his relationship with Christ or to just lead him and be there and to be the best wife you can be for him, you change yourself, you start going to therapy, you, you start going for you know, even if you go to therapy for the wrong reasons, you'll end up being there for the right reasons. Like I went there for the wrong reasons. And what I realized was that my whole life, what I was doing with work was coping for my abandonment issues. And I had this strong desire to be needed and wanted and approved of. And that's why I slept around a lot. And that's why I did drugs. And that's why I was an alcoholic for a while. Uh, that's, I was coping. I, when I was drunk or when I was high or I was with all these men, I felt desired. I felt approved of, I felt loved. I felt accepted. I felt special. I felt chosen in the moment. So it was the same things. It was at first, it started as drinking and drugs at parties to be cool in high school for approval. Then it turned to sleeping with random men for approval. And then it turned into pride and control and um, approval of others and success. It was just, I was just switching as I got older and switching how I was getting my fix and how I was getting my fill. I'm, I'm not still a drug addict, but my workaholic just replaced that. And if you realize so you might realize, or you might not, you might be able to say, yeah, Taryn, I know of like five things that I need help with. I know I have an eating disorder. I know that I have anger problems. I know that I'm short fused. I know that I'm judgmental and overcritical to my spouse. I know that I'm snappy on my kids. I know that my mental health, you know, I get it. My mental health ruined my life for so long. So long. I can look back. I had a, a friend a, a friend of mine from church, we went out to breakfast a couple weeks ago. And she said, do you remember the first time that I met you? And I was like, no, 
I don't remember the first time. And she said, we met at that cabin up North. And I said, oh yeah, I, I remember the cabin. I didn't realize that was the first time I met you. And then I kind of just like was quiet for a second and was thinking, and I'm like, wow, my mental health was so bad during then. And she said, it's funny you say that because I internalized it and felt like you didn't like me. I felt like you were very closed off and um, you just didn't like me. So all the way up until now, that's a story that I had in my own head was that you didn't like me and you weren't talking to me and you were very closed off. And I, I turned that around and projected it on myself. Like I'm not good enough. And she doesn't, she doesn't like me. She's like, I had no idea that it was your mental health. And so we make up these stories in our own head based on experiences, based on our own hurt, based on our own trauma. You might think someone doesn't like you, but they're struggling with their mental health. And that was me for so long. And I have a memory where I can think of, I think of the vacation and, and I think of how I felt. I can tell you how I felt on every trip I've ever been on. And that tells me if it was a good trip or it was a bad trip. And I just remembered how bad my mental health was. I remember looking back at pictures from that trip and just how I looked and how I felt. I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I just looked like sloppy and messy in the pictures. I just looked sad, even though I was smiling, like the life was just out of me. I had a baby. I had postpartum depression. I just remember how terrible I felt. My mental health robbed me of so much, of so much. And, and these are the things that we can't control. Like I shared openly recently, um, by Terry, I shared openly recently about my bad moods and wanting to be in a better mood and this tension in my life and this feeling, and you have to pray and ask God to give you what you need. You have the Holy spirit in you. So you can say, Holy spirit, change me, change my mental health. I went and answered an altar call last week for my mental health and had people lay their hands on my head and pray for me and pray that I'm restored. And I am and I'm taken up because I am desperate to be changed. I am desperate to have you helped. I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do it in my own flesh. For nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do good, but not the ability to carry it out. Romans 7.18 says that. And, and we can't. We cannot do it on our own. We have to have help. And the last couple episodes we recorded, um, surrender was one of them. Those are attention um, those ones are all really good to go back and listen to if you're really struggling with this, because this is kind of the, the valley that I just came out of. And a lot of those were about that, but focus on your own crap. Like go to therapy, go to counseling, talk to people, change your circle, spend more time with the people that are going to pour into you. You will change your family by your actions and what you're doing that will change your group of people that you're around that will go and be the start to change the world. So if you're just so focused on changing the world, making it big, the big bucks, writing the book, making the course, being on stage or, or whatever you're trying to build and do on Instagram, or, you know, maybe you're not there right now, but if you're trying to, to do all of this, like, just remember that what you need to do is right on your path today. God has placed people on your path today. He has put you in places for a reason you are listening to this today for a reason, especially if you're on live, how amazing that you just popped on live and it was for this. But even if you listen to the recording, how crazy that you just clicked on this recording at this time with what's going on in your life right now, listening to this, 
God is not out of control in your life. He is in control. He has his hand on you. He is guiding you every single second of every single day. The king of the entire universe who created you for a reason, for a purpose, has called you to continue to go down this path that you're going on. So if you have this feeling in you, like, I need to do this next thing. I need to call this person. I need to make that appointment. I need to take that job. I need to amend that relationship. Do it. It's the next step. And it's walking one step in front of the other is trusting in Jesus's plan, putting it into action. You're not just talking the talk. You're walking the walk. You're showing God, okay, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this and be obedient. Watch him bless your life. Watch him change your mood, change the thing that you hate about yourself, make the impact in yourself give you fulfillment and freedom and then go into your family and go into the world. Like that's the sweet spot. So don't let the devil rob you of your time and you're not present anymore. Instead, you're watching the clock. Don't watch the clock. Just focus on the next thing in front of you and keep moving and God will totally guide you and connect you to people he needs to connect you to. So thank you for being here live or listening to the recording. I appreciate all of you. I hope that you have an amazing day. Happy June 1st. I can't believe it's June already. And we'll be back here um, June 6th on Monday. If you want to get on live with us, you can click the link in my bio and scroll down and you can get an email sent to you with the Zoom ID, the time and all that stuff to join us. And then you'll also get a link to our Telegram chat where you can join that so you can get some resources and we kind of talk throughout the week. If you need prayer, if you have questions, um, anything goes in there. So thank you. Love you all. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley, and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.